this is Jennifer Hadley, and I'm grateful to be able to transcend time and space this way in order to be with you. The workshop you're about to listen to was recorded live on the phone with an audience. I encourage you to print out the transcript and have it in front of you. You can get the link to download the transcript on the CD cover. This way you can make your notes of personal ahas and insights, and you'll have them to go back to later. I invite you to pause the recording after the prayer at the beginning and take a moment to write down your intention for healing. You can intend to participate fully and listen wholeheartedly. Remember, you share the benefits of your healing and expansion with everyone because you're one with them. There's no extra charge to make the most of your investment. You're so worth it. Thank you. just doesn't work the way you expect it to. And you get to practice patience, remembering the truth that you're divinely supported in every moment. And uh, I seem to get that opportunity from time to time. (laughs) So uh, it's always good to look at where do you go when things don't go the way that you think they ought to (laughs) or the way you'd like them to. So uh, I am giving everyone just a a minute or so to uh, get settled here. So we'll we'll officially begin in just a minute or two, and I'm going to fill a little bit of this time. Because you know what? Here's, Here's something that is, I think, very valuable to know, and I very rarely even think of to say it, but I'm thinking of it right now. And that is, as uh, someone who's sharing, and that's to me what teaching is, I'm, I'm sharing what I have discovered and what is valuable and important to me. As someone who's sharing, what I find is when I'm making the offering of the sharing, if people are uh, half-focused, because they're doing other things, it creates a different energy. It creates a different energy. So I understand that sometimes people are driving in the car and they're listening while they're driving in the car, and that is totally understandable. And I actually find that when I'm driving in the car, I live in Los Angeles, so uh, the L.A. traffic is world famous for its density, and challenges and so sitting in the traffic and driving I find it's actually a really great way for me to do open-eyed meditation in the sense of being present in the moment and simply experiencing love in the moment so in driving in traffic and things like that I open my heart to love I bless the pedestrians the people waiting for the buses the people in the other cars, the people who are eating and talking on the phone and driving their car and whatever it is that's happening around me. Blessing, blessing, blessing. So I take that opportunity to be in a centered, focused, loving space. 
so there's all kinds of ways to approach life and it is easier for me to teach into the listening that is very very receptive so one of the things just to notice about yourself because all of you who are participating today will have the recording and you'll have the transcript and obviously self-forgiveness is something that is important to you. You recognize how valuable it is to be able to be skilled at self-forgiveness, and it surely is valuable. And so pay attention to when you purchase a class like this, when you, and some of you are getting it as the bonus because you bought the gold or the platinum package, um, be aware do you fully receive it? Do you purchase things that then you don't actually make use of? And or when you do listen to it, you half listen to it. Now your mind will be receiving it, I believe, even if you were to listen to it while you were sleeping. And sometimes I'll do things like that. I'll listen to a book on audio while I'm sleeping. <laughs> And, uh, boy, it makes for amazing dreams. And so just paying attention, how present are you to this beautiful moment that exists for you right now? How available are you to be the expression of love? So love is something that basically is flowing to us, through us, and around us all the time. And many times in our search for love, we have forgotten that the greatest experience of love is when we are focused in our heart center. And the love is pouring through us, if you will. And really, it's it's not necessarily pouring through us it's we're simply remembering and recognizing that we we have this access to pure love which is our true identity yes so if you don't have to multitask and you can give yourself the fullness of this moment now i invite you to do that because you are worth it, and it definitely supports me bringing forth the highest quality and clarity. So, you know, it's it's. I always say that the quality of the offering that I get to share is definitely related to the quality of the listening, and uh, I feel so grateful all the time for the beautiful, beautiful people. I, I get to be in this communion with because that's what it feels like to me. It feels like a communion. And every single thing that I could possibly share with you, you already know in spirit. And there will probably be things that I share that I haven't recognized as a, in my human life, but in spirit I already know them. So we come together as the two or more who are gathered for our healing both of our healing and the global healing, the healing of the human race mind. Yes, bringing more clarity into our life and sharing the benefits with everyone. So it's it's not insignificant what we're offering here and what we're doing. So I want to thank you, and I'd like to congratulate you 
and appreciate you and let you know that truly I love you and I am grateful that we are connected right now in this way, transcending time and space. How beautiful. So, mm, I'll also tell you just and then begin with a prayer that this workshop will be about 75 minutes long. That's the maximum that I can do and put it on a CD. And so I'm going to pack it. I'm absolutely going to pack it. That's always what I endeavor to do is put as much in as I can so that you'll go back and listen and re-listen and listen and re-listen. You're all going to have the transcript of it. So you, what I encourage you to do, and I I have the intention to get the recording and the transcript up by the middle of next week and uh, for downloading. And when you, and the Platinum people, I will also be sending you the CD, the CD of this. So that's part of the bonus for the Platinum folks. Uh, for those of you who uh, will be, who are listening right now, uh, also tell you that I am going to offer mm, five or ten minutes after the end of the workshop about the Masterful Living class, which is my year-long course that starts in January. So I'm just going to say a few words about that, and you can learn a lot more about Masterful Living at jenniferhadley.com. There's a lot of videos and things to listen to there, but I'll just share a few things at the end. And just making sure that there isn't one more... I believe that's it. So let's take that breath of gratitude together. And another breath of gratitude. Focusing on gratitude lifts our vibration up above. Any thoughts that we might have about guilt, blame, shame, regret, resentment, doubt, worry, fear... Anything that we feel we might have been holding on to, gratitude assists us in mentally rising above, emotionally rising above, even our physical vibration rising above. And we invoke the higher Holy Spirit self right now into our awareness, consciously remembering that we are one with the infinite loving presence the beloved Holy Spirit higher self Holy self I am presence we are one taking another breath of gratitude so grateful and thankful to invoke divine grace into our awareness Remembering that we are never alone, always united. And truly, we are consciously making ourselves available in this moment to release any unforgiveness towards ourselves and anyone else. So grateful and so thankful to open to receive all manner of divine assistance 
making ourselves available for a quantum leap in healing. No matter how long we've been holding on to something, no matter how intensely it has felt, we are choosing in this moment to lay the burdens down and to develop the awakened aware habits of true forgiveness and to live in compassion, to live in love, to live in true forgiveness in each and every moment. So grateful and so thankful to call to us all manner of divine assistance, walking and talking with the Spirit. We share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and so thankful to joyfully, joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Sweet forgiveness. Yes. For the Course in Miracles, folks, it says in the big blue book (laughs) that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And really that's because there is only this one. And what we're experiencing in our human life experience is we're experiencing our connection with our brothers and sisters as part of our connection with our divinity. And our only task, really, is to remember that we are not separate from each other and we are not separate from God, that all is one. Self-forgiveness is key to this remembering. It's key to this remembering. Without self-forgiveness, the mystical doorways of deep and profound healing remain closed to us. We must be in true and total forgiveness of ourselves. So let's talk about what that really is. For me, the clearest way that I've been able to understand it is a result of my own experience. I uh, had an experience, oh gosh, must have been 12 or 13 years ago now, where I was caring for a friend's dog. And uh, the dog was epileptic and uh, would sometimes have seizures. And my friend was away for, I can't remember now, 48 hours, 24 hours. And I was staying at the home with the dog, uh, particularly in case there was any seizure. But, And I had stayed with him for many times over the years. I loved this dog. And what happened was he started seizuring, and he seizured for hours and hours and hours. And I spent, I was actually at that time I was fasting. I was doing a fast, a cleanse. And I stayed up with him all night, holding him in my arms and in a puddle of spittle and just, oh, (laughs) it was on the kitchen floor. And um, it was, uh, you know, when you love someone, 
even though it might be disgusting in some ways, when you love someone, you're just so glad you can be there for them. And that really was how I felt with this precious animal. And uh, at the same time, I also felt afraid because I really didn't know what to do. And I did reach the emergency vet and things, and he said, just just do exactly what you're doing. Hang on to him and uh, hold him and watch him, make sure he doesn't hurt himself and this kind of thing. So I did that all through the night and in the morning. He seemed to be much, much better. We were both exhausted. I had not planned to shower and change clothes at my friend's house because he was going to be coming home that afternoon, and so I just thought I'd put on my same clothes and um, go home in in the morning. So, uh, and I had been told by him that the dog usually if it went through, if he went through a series of seizures like that, then he didn't have any for a while. So what I did was I, um, the doctor had said, you know, there's really nothing else you can do. And so in the morning, I had a meeting to go to. So what I did was I left the dog outside in the yard with, you know, supplies, water, food, that kind of thing. And he was resting comfortably. And I went home. I changed clothes showered and everything because I was covered head to toe and then I went to my meeting and I went back to the house and he was not doing well at all. It was a big dog too. It required superhuman strength. I put him in the car and I took him to the vet. I said, I don't care what you think. I am not I'm not uh, gonna I, I'm gonna put him in your care. And it turned out that things were not as thought and the dog was really in trouble. And the dog was in the dog hospital for a couple of weeks and almost died. And this dog was extremely close to my friend. And my friend had recently had his sister die, his favorite person in the whole world. And this was just devastating to him. And I felt so guilty for having left the dog for a couple of hours, even though Everything that I had been told led me to believe it would be fine. It was not fine, and I felt so guilty. And I could not forgive myself for leaving. Even though I went back and everything else, I couldn't forgive myself. And it literally took me about 10 months. It just ate at me. It was I, I was so consumed with this guilt and this upset I felt so badly and so that experience forced me to really look at what is this why can I not forgive this why oh why can I not forgive this and what I came to the awareness of was I was judging myself. So let me say a couple of words about judgment here. This is something that uh, is really my life's work, understanding judgment and healing the habits of judgment. I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. And so I was judging myself that I should 
have stayed with him. I should not have gone, gone home and showered and changed. I should have m made do. Uh, I should have canceled the meeting. I, I was being selfish. That was the judgment against myself. Now, judgment to me, ideally, we would be able to do as it speaks of in the Bible, judging righteous judgment, which means being able to clearly discern the truth in that moment and to affirm the truth. Most of us find that very challenging. Most of us prefer to energize and affirm our opinions instead. So as I've said many times, to me, an opinion is just a judgment. It's a fancy word for judgment. So another way to look at it is judgment is an opinion. When we're talking about negative judgment, we're talking about really intense, angry opinions. So what I say is, you know how when you go to a Chinese restaurant or a Thai food restaurant and they have on the menu the chili peppers indicating how spicy the dish is? Opinions can be one chili pepper or they can be 10 chili peppers. <laughs> but the que the thing is, there's no question that they are spicy and they are not the truth. So we need to be masterful and discern when is it an opinion, when is it a preference or an observation. So for instance, if someone is acting in a way that appears to be mean and unkind, we could actually sometimes what they're doing is tough love, and it's not mean at all. Like, for instance, if you see in a grocery store, this is a common scene, the child wants the candy, and the parent, the mom or the dad says, no, no, we're not getting any candy. We're going to go home and we're going to eat dinner, and we already have dessert at home. I want the candy. I want the candy. And the mom or the dad can be firm. Now, if someone is, isn't paying attention, they might think, oh, look at them. They're being mean. Or if someone thinks, oh, you know what? Give candy to the children. Let them eat whatever they want. They might think that that person is being mean and judge them for being wrong and bad. You see? So our perception is playing into everything. We must be willing to be masterful and look at where we are projecting our opinions, our perceptions, our history onto whatever is going on, including our own experiences. So what I can say in hindsight is with the dog, maybe I made a mistake, you know, a mistake. I I I took what my friend had said about his experience with the dog and seizuring. I took what the doctor said. I took them as my experts. I felt I was safe to go. But maybe on some level in my intuition, I was getting a message no, you should stay with the dog. The dog needs you to stay with him. 
and maybe I ignored that in favor of what people had told me. And so I was not following my intuition. And maybe that's why, it's hard for me to remember now, but maybe that's why it took me so long to forgive myself because I was disregarding divine guidance. Very often when we have been unable to forgive ourselves, it's because we had divine guidance and we knew to go the other way and we didn't. We willfully ignored it. This is one of the big challenges for spiritual seekers because they pray and pray and pray to receive divine guidance. They take all kinds of classes and do all kinds of things to open up their perception so that they can see and hear and know and feel more clearly. And then they ignore the guidance and something happens that feels hurtful or they do something that feels hurtful and they can't forgive themselves. So there are a litany of things that people can hold on to as unforgiveness against themselves, judgments against themselves, regrets, guilt, and shame, and beat themselves up with it over and over and over again. Part of why we beat ourselves like that over and over and over again is actually out of a protection. We'd like to protect ourselves from getting hurt again. So we do what we have learned to do. So that's one of the things that many parents do with their children is they say to them, you know, don't touch that, don't do that, don't do that, over and over and over again. Or their parents will remind them and say, remember you did that, it was a mistake and you got hurt? Don't do that, that was stupid. I've heard many a parent and I've counseled many a person whose parents told them they were stupid. And on some level, some of those parents were trying to protect those children from doing what they labeled as stupid. Now, there is not a human being on this planet that doesn't make mistakes all the time. We make mistakes all the time. I'm sure if you were to hang out with the Dalai Lama, <laughs> he could tell you exactly what the mistakes are he's made lately. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone is learning. Everyone is learning. The question is, are we going to hold it as wrong and bad? Or are we going to hold it energetically in our heart and mind as something we are learning? If we're holding ourselves in wrong and bad, then there probably is unforgiveness, regret, Resentment directed at the self. How could I be so stupid? Oh, I can't believe I did that. Many people have made mistakes where it led to things like their business collapsing, their spouse leaving. 
even people have made mistakes that ended in the death of a child. I know people for whom all of these experiences have happened, meaning I've met all kinds of people that have made all kinds of mistakes that were brutal in the moment. One of the things that I know with all my heart is that it's all good. And I'd like to explain that because it is really challenging to understand without explanation. So it's all good because it's all for our learning. This 3D experience that we're having as human beings, as spiritual beings, having a human experience, spiritual beings facilitating our own human experience, what we are doing is we are learning. We cannot harvest the learning from our mistakes if we don't forgive them. Here's why. If you don't forgive your mistakes, then you are standing in the place of unforgiveness, which is a place of that should not have happened. There is no good in it. There is no good in it. It shouldn't have happened. When we stand in that place, we are basically putting a veil or a wall block between us and the learning. We are saying there is no learning in that, and that's why I hold it as a resentment. That's why I hold it as unforgivable, because there is no good in it. And until we're willing to forgive ourselves, we can't claim the good that we have gone to such lengths to create and so we must in some way recreate it again in order to harvest the learning so one of the things it says in A Course in Miracles is that everything is perfectly planned and designed for our learning for our good for our harvesting there's almost always a higher choice And being masterful is learning to look for the higher choice in every moment. Training your mind to always be looking for the higher choice. The more we choose the higher choice, the most loving choice, the most compassionate choice, the more we make the higher choice, the less there is to forgive. So, One of the main things about the unforgiveness is in that moment, we didn't make the highest choice. And now we're beating ourselves up for it, punishing ourselves for it. But punishing ourselves for it will not help us harvest the wisdom. If we don't harvest the wisdom, we can't share the benefits with everyone. If we don't harvest the wisdom, we are stuck in that lesson. We are stuck waiting to receive that learning. 
because each thing builds on the next. To me, I think of it like a spiraling upwards, a spiraling upwards, like a spiral staircase that winds upwards. The thing about a staircase is it seems like there's tremendous movement when we can take the next step. Right? You take a step. Oh, there's movement. Oh, I've made a leap. Oh, I'm expanding my awareness. Oh, I'm growing. I'm learning. But the truth of the matter is, to someone who is masterful and is on a path of mastery, we recognize that when we are standing on the step, preparing to take the next one, that is a time when we are harvesting the learning of having taken the last step. And we are learning how to live in the expansion that just happened when we made the leap a moment ago or however long ago. If we don't stand on that step and truly embody the wisdom and the learning, we'll fall backwards. I've seen it happen again and again. And I've experienced it in my own life. Of course I have. We all have. Where it feels like two steps forward, one step backward, it's because we're not being mindful. We're not being masterful in harvesting the wisdom and embodying it. So if you don't forgive yourself, you are blocking yourself to the learning that's encoded in your experience. We live in a field of divine love. This is our true identity. Regardless of whatever appearance we're seeing, we live and move and have our being in divine love. Divine love and divine order. Divine order has no breaks, has no days off, does not come and go. And that's why it's all good, because no matter how heinous the mistake we make, you know, no matter how intensely we judge it, or how uh, desperate it seems to be, you know, being responsible for the death of a child or a loved one can feel horrible. But until we're willing to release the habit of judging ourselves we cannot harvest that learning until we harvest that learning we can't share the benefits with everyone until we are willing to take our hands off it to take our judgments off what the experience was and to awaken to divine order and say okay in this experience was the perfect opportunity for me to learn something that is valuable to me It's also the perfect opportunity for me to be more loving and more compassionate and to break the habit of judging. So very often when we cannot forgive ourselves, it's because we were withholding love. We were withholding love. And by withholding love, we were denying our true identity, the true identity of everyone around us, 
we were denying that we're spiritual beings and that the most important thing in our life is to be anchored in love and centered in love. So very often when we can't forgive ourselves, it's because we weren't choosing love. We were choosing something else. One of the things that many people have trouble forgiving themselves for is um, feeling uh, caught up in an addiction. And that can look many ways. When people are, are caught up in an addiction, it feels like a whirlpool. And it becomes very challenging to discern clearly what's going on and to see where the love choices are. Because all of our perceptive abilities, the intuition faculties of mind and body and emotions and all the ways that we can perceive divine insight are often clogged with the experience of the addiction. And so we're not able to discern clearly and we make choices that are not loving. And then it creates this whole pattern of unforgiveness and resentment and regret against the self. If you can, be willing to move out of your own opinions and judgments and to open to the possibility, just the possibility, that there is learning in this that you could share the benefits of with others and that you're more interested in that possibility than you are in continuing to be your jailer, to be your executor, to be the one who punishes you. If you're more interested in sharing the wisdom of your learning, harvesting it and sharing it, being a benefit to humanity, it's a great motivator. Because as long as you're punishing yourself, you're not helping anyone. You're actually diminishing them. Because we always are teaching the efficacy of our choices. So if we're teaching the world that judging yourself, not forgiving yourself, punishing yourself is the way to go, everyone will learn from that. So people who are aware that that's not a loving choice will see your suffering and they will be further assured that the loving choice is more beneficial. People who do not feel good about themselves and who are punishing themselves may be attracted to you because like attracts like. Opposites also attract. Both are true. And so maybe you'll get together and have a pity party. And maybe in that pity party, your vibration will get so low and you'll feel so badly about yourself that you won't be able to stand it anymore and you'll have a breakthrough. All things are working together for your good. All things are working together for your good. But the fastest path to your healing 
is to be willing to release the judgments. To be willing to release the judgments. Very often, one judgment is like the parent of a thousand little judgments. So if we can't forgive ourselves because we think, oh, that was so stupid, I was so stupid, that can then become the parent of a thousand little judgments as we begin to send those little judgments out into the world by means of all of our relationships, all of our encounters and communication, and then it comes back to us in the form of confirmation. Yes, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're a jerk, nobody likes you, uh, you can't get ahead in all of these things. You start gathering the evidence to support your judgment. But if you're willing to go to the truth, which is you made a mistake. Maybe you didn't look for the highest choice. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you didn't want to see it. Maybe you saw it and you said, eh, that's not what I'm going to choose. And it led to something that was devastating. It was painful. It was upsetting and bothersome. And now you've made the conclusion that you're an idiot or you're stupid or you're a jerk or you're unworthy of love or you can't be trusted. Some conclusion that you've drawn and now your life, in part, is dedicated to gathering the evidence to support all of those opinions and judgments. And every time you're in that active practice, of gathering the evidence to support your judgments, you are reaffirming that you're not interested in divine guidance. You are reaffirming the original mistake. You are reaffirming the original mistake. So you're deepening yourself in that pattern of belief. You see how that works? So I'm going to invite you right now to place your hand on your heart. Let's take a breath of gratitude that we're dedicating ourselves to healing right now. And that we have everything that we need to release the judgments and the unforgiveness. We have unlimited invisible support and in this moment we're receptive we're available and in this moment we are sharing the benefits with anyone and everyone who has ever had feelings of unforgiveness about themselves or anyone else because all forgiveness is self-forgiveness so I'd like you to call to mind if you will with your eyes closed, just opening your mind, opening your heart, taking these breaths of gratitude, and intending to connect to the heart of pure love. Breathing deeply, 
going to invite you to just open your mind to the answer to this question. And the question is, how much of your precious life are you dedicating to not forgiving yourself? How much of the energy that you have to be creative, to heal your body, to heal your relationships, to be in loving relationship with others, to have a great career, to be abundant and prosperous and healthy, joyful, compassionate, caring, mindful, masterful, to experience freedom. How much of your precious life energy are you instead investing in holding yourself to blame, in shame, in regret, self-resentment? How much, what percentage on a scale of 1 to 100, what percentage of the energy that you have to live your very best life are you investing in punishing yourself? And then what I would invite you to do, hopefully you have a notebook or you have your transcript there, and just write down, I, I'm going to stop for a second. I have been investing blank percentage of my precious life energy in punishing myself. And today I am turning that around. I have been investing blank percentage of my precious life energy in punishing myself. And today I'm turning that around. Now the good news is we don't have to know how. We don't have to know how to figure it out. Spirit will provide the insight, the wisdom, the clarity, the guidance when we are willing to be receptive. So let's take that breath of gratitude now. And this is exactly why I invite people to be my prayer partner. So every day I record a new prayer, and I call it my power prayer for today. And you can go and see it on my website on the blog page. I usually write inspiration to go with it. Sometimes there's a video. And I send an email reminder almost every day with a link to listen to the prayer. Or you can, in the email, if you're looking at it on your cell phone, you can click the link and dial the phone number. You just click on the phone number and it'll dial. And then you can listen to the prayer. This is a free service that I offer every day. You can be my prayer partner. You can call whenever you feel like, over and over and over again. Some people call first thing in the morning before they get out of bed. They've got it on speed dial. Some people call the last thing in the morning before they 
turn out the light or after they turn out the light. It's anchoring yourself in the truth. You have to be willing. A little bit of willingness is all that's required. If you're willing to reinvest that energy of unforgiveness, blame and shame, regret and self-resentment into simply being available for love, being available for healing, you'll be amazed at the difference it can make. Chastising oneself is a habit. And loving and appreciating oneself and being supportive is a habit as well. So in the classes that I offer, like Finding Freedom and Masterful Living and the Living A Course of Miracles, all these classes, and in the Power Prayer every day, it's about retraining the mind. Retraining the mind out of the patterns of separation and into the patterns of your true identity, wholeness, harmony, compassion, clarity, purity. It requires your mental attention. It really does. It requires your willingness. Divine order is always taking place, but if you're not interested in it, if you're more interested in what you think if you're more interested in the past and going over and over and over the past, then you'll keep re-experiencing it and re-experiencing it and re-experiencing it. That's what happened to me with my friend's dog. I just kept re-experiencing it. And I think part of it was I was looking mentally, the ego mind was looking mentally for where was it that I ignored the divine guidance? Where was it that I decided to ignore the more loving choice? Where was it that I was refusing to align with divine will and instead I was choosing to work my will and make a more selfish choice? I really think that's why I couldn't forgive myself. That I was perceptive enough to see a more loving choice that I refused to choose. And I couldn't forgive myself for it. So I'm inviting you right now in this place of love with your hand on your heart as an act of self-love right now. If there's a particular incident that you've not been able to forgive yourself for and it haunts you, you beat yourself up with it, so much regret, resentment, blame, and shame, can you see where there was a place? And it's okay if you don't, but is it possible for you to see where there was a place where you had guidance to make a more loving choice and you didn't? Maybe it was a thousand times you could have made a more loving choice and you didn't. Sometimes people have a personality where they are in the habit of nagging. 
nag, 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 nag. They're in the habit of criticizing. And they drive people away from them. And then when the person finally says, I cannot take it anymore, and they say, I'm going and I am not coming back, or they die, and the person realizes, oh, I made their life miserable. Even though I said I love them, I consciously, intentionally made their life miserable. I completely ignored thousands of impulses to be loving. You know, sometimes women are emasculating to men over and over and over again, huffing and puffing around them, blaming them, rolling their eyes at them. You know, and men can sometimes take a lot of that, but then sometimes they go, ah, I'm out of here. I can't take this anymore. And then the women are filled with regret because they had so many opportunities to be loving, and they didn't take them. Maybe it was their son, maybe it was their husband, maybe it was their father. And men disrespecting women, not appreciating them. Vice versa, we can all do this. We all have had times when we took people for granted, we didn't appreciate them. We somehow thought if we pushed them harder and harder and harder, it would be for their own good, and we pushed them away. And now we can't forgive ourselves. It's time to forgive ourselves. The blame stops here. The shame stops here. Today, in this moment, right now. Are you willing? If you're willing, say yes. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to be loving now? No good can come from you punishing yourself, being mean to yourself, unkind to yourself for having been unloving in the past. No good can be accomplished by it. I'm going to invite you now in your transcript, if, you have, if you're listening on the CD or the download or in your journal, to write down what are some of the opinions that you're holding against yourself. And I invite you to do it this way. I judge myself for, and then fill in the blank. I judge myself for. And write, I judge myself for. I judge myself for, and fill in the blank. I judge myself for, and fill in the blank. I'm angry at myself for. What are you angry at yourself for? And I do believe it's important to write those words, I'm angry at myself for. And even better, I feel angry because. 
I feel angry because. And remember, if you're listening on after the fact, you can pause. Take your time. I blame myself for. What do you blame yourself for? What are you blaming yourself for? Is there something you're ashamed of? I feel ashamed that. I feel ashamed because. I feel ashamed because. It's important to understand that when we feel angry at ourselves, when we beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel ashamed and guilty, that punishing thinking is part of us is hurt. We feel hurt. We feel wounded. We feel as though perhaps we are cannot be trusted to choose wisely. We cannot be trusted to choose with love and compassion. So you can think of Think of our society and all the prisons, the literally the physical buildings that are prisons and the prisoners who are in them. They, we have in the United States more people in prison per capita than anywhere else in the world. And it is a projection of how we feel about ourselves, that we do not forgive, that we believe that punishment is the appropriate response. So if we feel hurt by the choice that we made, we feel wounded by the choice that we made, that we now cannot forgive, or until now, could not forgive. 
then there will be a very significant sense of fear that we cannot be trusted. And that hurt that has not healed, which cannot be healed by the blame, the shame, the regret, and the resentment. Remember, love is the healer. Love is the only healer. That hurt, that wound, is not getting healed because there isn't love. There is instead more wounding through the blame, the shame, the regret, the resentment, the punishing, the labeling, the judging. And so all of that produces this great fear and when people are angry and they explode in anger underneath that anger that irritation that frustration the desperation there is this unresolved hurt and the fear that we're going to be hurt again in a way that we've been hurt before and the idea of having more hurt when this huge hurt is still unhealed is terrifying to us and so we lash out in anger as a defense It is an eruption to let us know that there is a deep wound that is not healed. People who have done the deep emotional healing work do not explode in anger. I know. I used to be so angry all the time. All the time. I was angry. I was so explosive. And I had wounds that were unresolved. And I walked around in regret because I had done so many things that I couldn't forgive myself for. I had been mean and unkind and judgmental. I had not listened to the guidance hundreds and thousands of times. And I always thought I was right and everybody else was wrong. Day in and day out, I was seething. I was literally seething. And you see, I have harvested the wisdom from all of that. And I continue to harvest it daily. And I get to share the benefits with you, my dear beloved prayer partner. And I'm so grateful. It's worth everything I went through to be with you right now in this moment, transcending time and space and connecting heart to heart. I only wish I could have known then what great benefit would come. And so I'm so grateful 
that I learned the practices of self-forgiveness because now I can authentically share my loving heart most of the time and that is my great joy so I get to live in joy and benefit my brothers and sisters I get to live a life of service which is my heart's desire but I couldn't do that until I forgave myself until I forgave myself I lived in a prison of my own making and I didn't know how to get out of it the key that opens the door is self-love the key that opens the door is self-love I invite you I have videos at YouTube my YouTube channel is Jennifer H. Hadley and I have videos on self-love I can't think of them all right now forgiveness, all kinds of things totally for free at YouTube I invite you to subscribe to my channel and every time I post a new video you'll get an email letting you know Jennifer H. Hadley at YouTube. You can also subscribe to the Daily Prayers through iTunes and find lots of other free things at iTunes if you search for my name. At Jennifer H. Hadley, rather, jenniferhadley.com, if you sign up for. Um, uh, on my home page just give me your email and I'll send you an email back and you can download my Get Over It workshop so if you've got something that you're having a really hard time getting over get over it <laughs> there's the workshop totally for free for you all you have to do is ask and it is given And you'll also get more tools for forgiveness when you sign up for that. I have a forgiveness letter at my website. In my blog, in the Spiritualist Espresso blog, I invite you to print that out and work with it on a regular basis. Many people find that when there's something that they can't forgive somebody else for, it's because they actually can't forgive themselves for putting themselves in harm's way. So sometimes people are so angry that somebody took advantage of them, but when you peel back the layers, what they're really angry about is that they agreed to go with that person in some way, that they agreed to be with them. One of the main things we can't forgive ourselves for, as I said, is addictive behavior. And very often it can be having sex with someone or being in a relationship with someone. We can't forgive ourselves for being in a, a relationship where somebody took advantage of us, somebody didn't treat us well. 
And underneath that is, we agreed, and we can't forgive ourselves until now. So the number one thing to look for is, what are those judgments? What are you angry at yourself about? What are you blaming yourself for? Another one is, I feel guilty about. What is it you feel guilty about? What is it that you feel guilty about? Now, true forgiveness really is releasing the judgment and harvesting the wisdom. In that process, we recognize that there is a divine order and how it is that it's all good, just going back to that point before, is no matter how low the choice is, no matter how low we go, there's learning in it for us. And it is precisely the perfect learning for us at whatever time we decide to receive it. So let's say you made a low choice that you haven't been able to forgive yourself for for 40 years. For 40 years you've been living in unforgiveness. Now is exactly the perfect time to harvest the learning. You can't do it until you're willing to lay the judgment down. You can't do it until you're willing to lay the judgment down. So let's say that you made a mistake. Maybe you made a a willful mistake where you did something mean, intentionally designed to hurt someone because you were completely wrapped up in the ego in that moment, afraid, desperate, selfish, uncaring, and you did something mean and hurtful to someone else or self-destructive. And it created a result that you still have not been able to forgive yourself for. Let's just say that. If you are willing to open to the heart of compassion, and I invite you to invoke Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, the great teachers of compassion, the Buddha, Jesus, to invite these beings to assist you in opening to the heart of compassion in your own heart and to to look at in that moment in time when you made that choice, that selfish, hurtful choice, Were you thinking clearly? No, 
You probably weren't. Probably in some a number of ways, your mental body, your physical body, your emotional body were inflamed and frightened and confused. And you made a low choice and you ignored divine guidance. I can remember very clearly that when I used to get into vicious arguments with my loved ones and I would get the idea to say something hurtful, I would hear very, very clear, strong guidance. Do not say that. Do not say that. There will be no undoing that. That will hurt and wound in a way you can never repair. Do not do it. And I would do it anyway. Because I wanted to exert my will. And I did not want to align with divine will. I wanted to say, no, no, no. My will, not thy will. So here's how we heal that now. In this moment now, we say, thy will, not mine. Meaning, my life. Let it bear witness to divine will. Let me always be in alignment with divine will. And to really see that truly, 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 there is only divine will. That even if I choose selfishly the pain and suffering that that will cause is divine will reminding me to choose higher. I cannot escape divine will. I can not align with it in this 3D illusion, but because divine will never, ever takes a minute off, I will feel the suffering and the result of my low choice, which will have encoded into it the learning that will assist me in choosing higher. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Every time that we forgive, every time that we align with divine love, we can consciously say, let all beings benefit from this choice, because we do. And it's let anyone else who suffers from unforgiveness, let anyone else who suffers from blame and shame, the old hurts, regrets, and resentments, let us all learn together. Let my healing contribute to the healing of all, sharing the benefits with all. This is our divine opportunity. It's awakened alive to us in every single moment. And right now we're choosing it. We're choosing our healing. We're choosing the highest and best choice. There is no way to figure out how to forgive. It's really about saying, I am not interested in blaming and shaming anymore. And when those thoughts come into our mind to say, Thy will be mine. 
I'm only interested in the loving choices. I'm not interested in the low choices anymore. I'm interested in choosing love. Love is the healer. I choose love. I'm not interested in choosing to revisit the hurts of the past anymore. I'm choosing to have a healing now. I choose love now. I partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. I invoke divine grace into every nook and cranny of my awareness. So I invite you now to place your hand on your heart in this place of willingness. I invite you to close your eyes and to imagine, if you will, right in front of you in your mind's eye is a divine altar, a beautiful altar. Perhaps there's an image of Jesus, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, Buddha, Krishna, Mohammed, all the great teachers who've gone before us, Mother Teresa. Symbols of love, the heart, the Om symbol. Whatever makes sense to you for your altar. And see there a flame, a white candle with a flame, the altar fire of divine love. It's a cool fire. Perhaps there are roses on your altar, sage, incense. It's a beautiful representation of divine connection and love walking this masterful path and with our hands and our hearts we take a breath of gratitude consciously communing with spirit our higher self our holy self the holy spirit self the ascended masters the angels we call them all to us for divine assistance right now And whatever those opinions are that you've held so tightly, like the bars of your prison, the judgments, the blame, the shame, I'm inviting you to literally think of pulling it out of your heart. Whatever those thoughts are that you've carried around, those beliefs, of regret and resentment and hurt and placing them on the altar you can think of them as going in that fire that cool fire burning up and becoming a, a sweet fragrance like the scent of sage nagchampa beautiful incense 
pulling them out, like rolling them up on a ball. And as you place them on your altar for healing, for removal, knowing that you're benefiting everyone by releasing any impediments to knowing your true identity and shining your true identity as the perfect giver and receiver of love. Because when you're loving, everyone feels that healing. Love is the healer. So all the impediments to love that you've held so tightly, as you place them on the altar and make a holy offering of them, this is the best gift that you can give humanity. This is the best gift that you can give your family and your community and your coworkers and everyone in your spiritual community, all humanity. This is the gift that you give to that poor person in a refugee camp who has had their belongings washed away or burned away or flooded away and anyone who's feeling bereft right now you're giving them a gift by opening your heart to be your true self and being willing to model the efficacy of choosing love you're opening yourself to harvesting these wisdom lessons so you don't have to repeat them and live in the past anymore you don't have to recreate painful relationships and experiences right now you're opening to the healing love love is the healer receiving the benefits right now sharing the benefits right now the higher Holy Spirit self cannot remove from us the angels cannot take from us anything that we are not willing to surrender it's always about surrendering that which no longer serves. Surrender is making an offering of that which no longer serves. So we're surrendering the impediments to love. We're surrendering the impediments to prosperity and abundance. We're surrendering the impediments to career success relationship success for truly our relationship with our ourself is reflected in everything and everyone so right now we're opening ourselves to receive a profound healing sharing the benefits with everyone including Mother Earth including the animals and the plants and the air and the water because we're all one. What greater gift could we share than our liberation modeling love and compassion moving out of the ego pattern of trying to figure out how and simply allowing love to be the healer right now. 
This is the greatest gift that we can give to the world is our true self, holding nothing back, learning to climb that masterful staircase of choosing love over and over and over again. In grace and gratitude, we accept our healing. We allow it to be. We know that it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. couple more things I'd like to share with you as a closing and that is that sometimes these patterns and these beliefs that we feel caught up in or we have been caught up in in the past they are what I think of as karmic patterns Course in Miracles talks about the practice of forgiveness saves time. When we release the negative karmic beliefs, which are the patterns, then we don't have to keep recreating opportunities to forgive. So if we get into the habit of not holding on to any judgments and opinions, then we don't have anything to forgive anymore. We can just harvest the learning from all of our experiences as they're happening. As they're happening. So I will place into the transcript here the forgiveness letter exercise. So you will have that as part of your transcript. And what I invite you to do is to do that now. If you have time, do it now. And come back to this. Do not allow yourself to suffer. Suffering is optional. Healing is always available because love is always available. We don't have to figure out how to heal anything. And we don't have to figure out how to love anything. The practice I used to help me build the discipline and the habits of love was when it felt too challenging for me, I would say, love, I turn it over to you. I don't know how to love this person, but I know you do. So I'm available. Teach me how to love right now. Be the love in me and as me. You can also say God or the Father or Jesus or Mother Mary or however you want to work with it. But the thing is to partner up. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to love this person, but I know you do and I'm one with you. So I'm willing right now. Show me how to love. And we can even do that with ourselves even do that with ourselves. So one thing you can do as part of a spiritual practice is 
have a picture of yourself, if you can. Maybe you need to have one that's drawn for you. Have a picture of yourself, in your mind even, or perhaps on a shelf, on your desk, in your wallet. Now remember that precious child, that precious child that you are, tender-hearted, available for love, and that you are the protector of this child. And the greatest protection is a strong, loving, compassionate heart walking in the world joyfully. And this is your responsibility. This is your responsibility. And if it feels challenging or hard, give the heavy lifting to the higher Holy Spirit self. Do not go it alone. You don't have to. Suffering is optional. So let's take a breath of gratitude again and place our hands on our hearts and give thanks. We give thanks for the heart of love that's pre-installed, that's our true identity. We give thanks to share the benefits of our healing and expansion with all beings. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So now, as promised, I'm going to share just a little bit about the Masterful Living course. I offer a year-long course. This will be, 2012 will be the fourth year of offering this year-long course. And it is for people who are interested in real support for doing the deep healing, shifting the beliefs of lack and limitation, separation, into a strong, solid foundation of love and compassion, creativity, abundance and prosperity, wholeness and healing, harmony and clarity. In other words, your true identity. It's a practical, mystical program. It's different every time I do it because the people are different. <laughs> Although people repeat it, and people also, I am creating a, a second level. But it's a constant process of creation because everything is changing. As much as it remains the same, God is always the same. Spiritual principle is always the same. The truth is always the same. The different personalities and needs of the individuals in the group determine how the teaching flows. But it is tools and practices that are liberating and expansive, and they really work. So... There's a lot that you can read about it and listen to the videos at jenniferhadley.com. But the fundamental is that there's a weekly class that I offer where you can ask me questions and I share the tools and the tips and the practices and I offer inspiration and motivation to apply them and play with them and use them. You also will get the download and the transcript of the weekly call 
the class call so you can listen to it whenever it makes sense to you and you can listen to it over and over again uh, sometimes people aren't really able to make the classes at all because of the time zone they're in or because of their work schedule or their family uh, commitments so you can listen at whatever point makes sense for you and then you also get the heart community call every week and those will be at a Saturday morning we'll work out a call that makes sense for you and your time zone to the best of our ability and that's where you come together with other folks in the class and you share your experiences and those calls are amazing and beautiful so loving and fun and people have breakthroughs in them every single week so you get those two and you get the recordings of both so if you ever miss anything you can get them I don't transcribe the heart community calls I am not on them they are facilitated by a fellow student who is trained by me to do that facilitation then you will also be assigned rotating prayer partners someone that you can speak to on a once a week or sometimes people love their prayer partners so much they talk to each other every day it can be as you wish but you have someone that's holding you in prayer every day and you're holding them in prayer it's a powerful support and you get all of this for only $97 a month and what people have found over and over again is they've been able to have literally what they say is the very best year of their life to date and to totally transform the way that they approach their life and so everybody approaches it this class with different levels of commitment and they experience different levels of success so you can go at your own pace that is one of the magnificent things lots and lots of support and you find that you are in this container of love and healing and it begins to feel like a really nourishing nurturing vortex of like-minded people who drop all the ego facade because sometimes in spiritual community there can be a lot of ego that comes up and people think, oh, I'm more spiritual than you or I'm less spiritual than you. We drop all of that. There's a deep commitment to be authentic and to be transparent. And, oh, my goodness, it is so miraculous and so healing the way it transpires. So, again, you get to ask me questions and there's a, a real connection and um, there's a community group at Facebook and you can ask me questions there so you really feel held and supported guided and nurtured and we have people who have been in the class who've been ministers and science of mind practitioners and we've had people who are just discovered their spirituality and we've had people who are in their 70s and people who are in their 20s so it's a big mix of people from all over the world coming together in sacred spiritual community so beautiful so I love this class it's um, it's just such a, an absolutely gorgeous way to be in spiritual community together so I invite you to consider it 
jenniferhadley.com. You'll see the Masterful Living link right in the lower right-hand corner, and you can watch the videos. And I'm going to be doing some lengthy preview calls, giving you a lot more clarity coming up, and I'll be sending you an invitation to those. All right. In the meantime, please remember, I love you. I love you. And that's no joke. I'm not just saying that. I feel your heart connection. I give thanks for you in my life. You are my answered prayer, and I love you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your willingness to do your work. Thank you for blessing the world. Thank you. Thank you again for investing your precious heart in your healing. It lifts us all. If you'd like more support, please go to jenniferhadley.com. I offer the free gift of daily prayer and inspiration by means of my blog, which I call Spiritual Espresso. Sign up today and you'll join with people from all over the world who are in a powerful prayer circle together. Spiritual Espresso is a great support to keep your mind open and focused on love every day in every way. Thank you for being my prayer partner. I love you and I thank God for you. (laughs) Yes, I do.